0: Hello and welcome, this is Nick's Nerd News, live from sunny San Diego, California, and now we go to your host, Nick. Yeah, 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 we're back, we're back, we're back. You know who it is, you know what this is, and it's time for another rendition of whatever the fuck I want to talk about. And this week, it just so happens to be mostly about uh, the boob tube, the small screen, that big black box sitting in your living room. It might have tubes. It might be a flat panel. It's the television, people. And that's what we're talking about. Let's kind of start with the Arrowverse. Our friends over at the CW produce a mighty collection of DC themed TV shows. And. We got some stories about where Season 6, 7 of Arrow is going to go. Yeah, Season 7. And from what I could tell from various outlets online, Kotaku, IGN, Polygon, things like this, um, that Arrow will be kind of focusing maybe on that ditched movie plotline from a few years back. Uh, the Supermax story where the Green Arrow is locked in a prison with a lot of his villains. And, logically, Arrow needs some things, some new things, because obviously you can't tell the flashback storyline anymore, we saw that with Season 6. Granted, you can have flashbacks with with different characters, things like that, and the Supermax story will be interesting. Roy Harper is back as a a series regular, and the team's kind of splintered again after Season 6, especially what's been going on with that whole show with... The fighting and other nonsense. I I don't know. Anyway, this will be interesting. Um, Oliver obviously, spoiler alert, got locked up at the end of season six. Here, uh, he admitted he was the Green Arrow. He was arrested by the FBI. Things like this. So it'll be so it'll be interesting to see, because of because of all the villains that Oliver's locked up over the years, and we could get somewhat of a like an Arkham vibe. Um, granted, we don't know what prison it's going to be set in, and we also don't know if all the arrests that were made because of Oliver's The Green Arrow are going to be overturned because of the whole that whole anti-vigilante thing, and, you know, vigilantes are illegal in the U.S. in general, so will that kind of affect the villains locked up are they going to stay there will he have to face off against them in prison are we going to get slade back you know it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this works i hope manu Bedek comes back in, as slade it's everyone's favorite villain from the show and and there's other aspects of, of that dynamic so i i can't wait i i hope I hope they've learned what, what's happened the last two seasons and it's it's not kind of this up and down and up and down and then really good on the home stretch. Like let's let's kinda shoot for something better here, Arrow. Come on now. Let's uh let's kinda switch gears over to the other the newest Arrowverse show. I kinda yelled that at you guys there. But uh, Legends of Tomorrow and by far that show is having the most fun because it really doesn't have to stick to it doesn't have to stick to anything and it really doesn't care about anyone or rules or anything and uh for starters we're getting John Constantine as a series regular so that's awesome unfortunately Wally West is not going to be a series regular they kind of teased at the end of last season with him and seems like the actor is just kind of facing Personal struggles. Um maybe not struggles, but he's just reflecting on his, his life and making changes. So that I respect that. You know, he's not he wasn't fired, he wasn't uh let go or anything. Granted they, they have don't know what to do with the character, and maybe that's part of what his he's just going through in his personal life and I respect that. That's good. So everyone just leave him be, let him do his own thing. But anyway, Back to the story at hand. Uh, they said that this season's villains, uh, instead of a traditional sense, is going to be like creatures from myth and history and and fantasy and things like that. So that's really cool because that, that was kind of teased at the end with Constantine dropping like a dragon head on the beach with, with the whole cast saying like, look what you've released from from their time prisons when they broke time to fight Malice. So, you know, having Constantine as a, a team member is actually perfect for this because he's the one who knows how to deal how to deal with the occult and things of of magic and mystery and things like that. So that, that's perfect. On a downside though, Maisie Richardson Sellers said she is coming back as a Maya. Despite the fact that she kind of left the team at the end of the last season, granted this is a time sh- travel show, so timey wimey shenanigans are are all abound. I'm I'm not particularly fond of this decision. Amaya kind of became a lame character. Don't get me wrong, Vixen's an awesome superhero. It's just the way the way they were writing her character and this whole weird like relationship with with Nick or Nate or whatever his fucking name is as Steele. And it just I I don't know what they were doing with the story. And like I said, she was kind of just there and she was being poorly written and just I don't know if if it's the lines they're giving her or maybe she just can't act i i don't want to say that cuz i don't know too much about her i haven't seen her in too many things but it's just i i don't know what what the plan is with that character with that storyline and it's like she's from the past she has grandkids that are supposed to like turn into heroes one day like she can't be hanging out in the future forever unless i'm just going to call him steel cuz that's his his um. His character, his hero, his alter ego, unless he goes back with her. But I I don't I don't understand this show. It makes no sense to me, what they're doing with her character. Everything else is fine. I it too. It's a shame that we're not going to get Firestorm back with Jax and Doctor Stein because that was a great duo. But no, Constantine is great. Uh, Matt Lucas is hilarious. Er, Whatever, I can't think of the actor's name, but he's hilarious as Constantine, he's perfect. You know, we have Sarah Lance still leading the team. Brandon Routh is there, who's great as the Adam. So, no, this show will be fine. It's just one character's gonna be just dumb and shitty and boring to watch. Sticking with DC, uh, DC finally announced a lot more about what's gonna be happening in their streaming service. And there's gonna be classic movies and TV shows, their new shows... And actually access to digital comics, which is pretty fucking cool. We got more pictures of Brandon Thwaites, I, I think that's how you say his name, as as Robin, and it looks really good. And we got more pictures from the third season of Young Justice and the new team, which looks great. The animation, I don't I still don't understand, but it looks like we got Robin, got I guess it's still Impulse, a little older, everyone's aged up. Spoiler, I'm guessing, uh, Blue Beetle's back, so they trust him again after what happened in Season 2. And uh, there's going to be an older team of heroes, with, with Nightwing still, and, and Tigress, and uh looks like Aqualad's a little older, and Superboy, things like that. But, uh, no, no, and granted, Swamp Thing is still happening, Doom Patrol's still happening... And uh, the Harley Quinn show, we don't have premieres yet for those. The service is supposed to launch later this year. Uh, we'll also have access to to Batman, uh, the '89 Batman, but also uh, Wonder Woman '77, Batman the '80 uh, ba- Batman the animated series in HD for the first time. All the Christopher Nolan movies, if that's your thing. Uh, also, old 40s-era Superman serial. So that's that's actually really cool, because it's hard to find some of that stuff nowadays. But some things are up in the air. No word on, on Superman the Animated Series or Justice League or Justice League Unlimited, which are people some of people's most favorite DC cartoons of all time. So, granted, Batman the Animated Series in HD is, is a perfect thing, so that I'm fine with that. Maybe they'll put Batman Mask of the Phantasm as well, which is one of the greatest Batman movies of all time. But but again, we don't know what's going on with Justice League. Uh, apparently, some of the newer DC movies are going to be on there as well, so that's cool. Um, oh, the original Teen Titans, I'm pretty sure. I, I think I read that somewhere as well. Uh, the 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 thing that's up in the air right now is as well as some of the Justice League questions. Uh, the the new DCE movies won't be on there either, but the comics, it's not going to be unlimited like I think Marvel has and some th- other things, but it's going to be a curate curated list. I cannot talk today. That's that's been happening a lot lately. Uh, it's going to be a curated list that changes from time to time, so it won't be all digital access all the time. So that that's kind of up in the air. It's something to question. And, of course, the price. They haven't announced a price. You can go up and sign up and try to be a a tester or something, something like that. But, you know, as more and more things come out for streaming, it's looking more and more less costly to stay with just regular cable and TV, which is a huge thing nowadays. Like, do I stay with cable, or do I go with streaming services? And if you're paying for Hulu, if you're paying for HBO... You're paying for Netflix, CBS All Access, Disney's streaming service that's coming out. All that shit adds up. And then you gotta make sure you have an internet package that you can stream all this shit in HD and 4K if it's available. It begs the question, like, is it worth getting all this? DC needs to put something on here, some more. They need to answer some of these questions we have, give us some premiere dates for these shows that are supposed to be on here to make us buy in. Because if it only launches with... Young Justice Season 3, or some of the old stuff and not a whole lot of new stuff, it's kind of like, well, is it worth paying for this right away? And you don't want it to be dead on arrival. The other cool thing, though, is that they're going to give you access to special collectibles for other people, so that that's different. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this works, what it costs, what's really going to be on there. I'm excited because it's Young Justice, more more... DC related things cuz they they got to compete when it comes to live no they don't have to compete when it comes to live action they have the CW but you know with cable and people having traditional inputs like that getting dwindling down these streaming services need to have good stuff and i i really hope the titan show is good i really hope the doom patrol brings more awareness to those characters I'm hoping the Harley Quinn show knocks it out of the park. Like, we'll see. We'll see how this does. Aquaman's coming out later this year, so DC needs a couple wins. So people can understand that, yes, the the Arrowverse shows are good. Yes, the comics are good. But they can also put out awesome content that's worth paying for. And speaking of streaming services, I watched Glow Season 2. Knocked that out this weekend. Glow to me was a bit of a sleeper hit last year. I really liked it with Allison Bree, mostly because of Mark Marin, which then sent me down the rabbit hole of binging his whole IFC show, Marin, and kind of also got me interested in starting this podcast. So that that's another story for another day. But no, Glow, Glow's great. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. About like an 80s. It took place in the 80s. This was a real thing. It's based off a, a true story. And. A lot of great characters in the show and it's uh it's it's so wonderfully eighties it's it's great and Allison Bree is good in it some of the other actresses are really cool. they play awesome characters again Mark Marin, who's amazing, but no, the second season kept building on on what was going on in the first season and kind of them struggling to make a successful TV show and getting people to watch things like that but it, but it was great it was really great i mean, I hope I hope it gets renewed for a third season. I hope it comes back. And yeah, you know, I I want to get in want to get more in into some more Netflix shows. Now it's the summer, my other stuff is gone. I can finally sit down and watch uh Luke Cage season 2, Lost in Space, Jessica Jones season 2, things like this. I I can finally dive into those and and finally get in and watch them and knock them out. Uh we also heard that BoJack season 5 Bojack Horseman season five is coming in the fall. This is one of the greatest adult cartoons I've seen in a long time. Now, when I say adult, I don't mean sexual or or things like that. I mean for mature audiences. M- mature audiences. Um, it's it's a dark comedy. It talks about it deals with talks about and deals with serious issues, serious things. And Will Arnett is just probably the best person to voice BoJack. Granted, people always say this, I can't see anyone else voicing the character. But no. You know, they they become the character. Sometimes they're written for that actor in mind. And it's a shame that, you know, we also don't get Netflix's other dark comedy with Will Arnett. I don't know what's going on with that. Flaked, that's another great show. But but BoJack's coming back and this is this is a great show. I really urge you, speaking of Allison Brie as well, she's also in BoJack Horseman. This is this is an awesome show. There's an episode in the 3rd season where it's completely underwater and almost no words are said the entire episode. Like that's a powerful show that you can have a cartoon where not a single word is said and still convey an amazing message and powerful story. Like movies and real TV shows have trouble doing that. And a fucking cartoon on Netflix about an anthropomorph- anthropomorphic horse, anthropomorphic, that's the word, horse living in a society with other anthropomorphic animals underwater with a bubble on. Like, how fucking cool is that? And it was all to promote a movie he did. Like, this this show is so good. I hope, I wish, I want more people to watch it, if you have it. You really need to. And, yeah, it's different. Takes some getting into. You need to give it more than, like, an episode or two. But, it is a smart show, and it, it deals with serious shit by being a comedy at the same time. That's Hence, a, a dark comedy, okay? Because it deals with real shit. But, no, you need to check it out. Okay? BoJack Horseman on Netflix. Go fucking watch it. I'm telling you right now, it's a Nick's pick. Yeah, I'm going to call it that. I'm going to call it Nick's pick. I'll probably forget about what I call this next week. Just say something else. But no, that's my pick this week. Nick's pick. BoJack Horseman. Check it out. We also had some more rumors in regards to... The Next Generation sequel with Patrick Stewart. Apparently, apparently, no, apparently there's been a verbal agreement with Patrick Stewart and CBS regarding coming back as Captain Jean-Luc Picard. So that's a good sign. Hopefully it's not just a rumor and it's real. And I really hope this ends up being on CBS proper and not CBS All Access, because that would be a humongous waste Of Sir Patrick Stewart's talent. And it would be a humongous waste of Star Trek fans everywhere. Because we want to watch this on something we don't have to pay extra for. And if CBS was smart, just putting Patrick Stewart's name on it... You got butts in seats watching it anyway. Yeah, they could also use that argument for CBS All Access and a streaming service. But nah, fuck that. They'll get more revenue and ad money if they put it on TV with Patrick Stewart. And I don't know... The next generation continues, or just come up with a cool name. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. The next generation, future, the future, next Generation... I don't. I'm gonna stop because I'm just gonna go down a rabbit hole, and we're gonna go nowhere. We also had a final confirmation. It's odd that this came after E3. Then again, E3 was all about games, but the Halo TV show is still happening, and will either premiere next year or at least start filming next year so this has me excited it's gonna be on Showtime so it's a premium network and they said it's gonna be about stuff that you haven't seen before it will be about the conflict between humanity and the Covenant so it's pre pre Halo 3 or Halo 2 at least so that's that that will be good my only concern is budget-wise how often are we going to see the covenant? Because that's going to require CG or a lot, a lot of uh, practical effects, at least that are that need to look great. How often are we going to see the covenant? And I mean all races, because it it's it's easy to do grunts or jackals, things like that, because they're closer to human size. Uh, same with the prophets. Granted, they'll need floating chairs that will meet, need to be rendered or or made up somehow elites and hunters and uh brutes are going to be the hardest couldn't think right there i i think i was trying to go for the the drones but who gives a shit about them they've only been in like halo 2 and halo 3 it doesn't matter and no it'll, it'll be interesting how they do hunters elites and and brutes because these are large creatures, very, very tall creatures, races. They're very large. Elites are, are similar in size to Spartans, who are about 7 feet tall. Hunters are close to 10. And Brutes, I think, are 8. And And they're fucking enormous. They're like gorillas, almost. So, it, it's going to be interesting how often we see the Covenant. If this is going to be a show about a, a struggle between humanity and the Covenant. And then also, that also begs the question how af- how often are we going to see spartans and will we see the master chief so those are my main concerns i know this will be a great show it's got some good directors on rupert wyatt who did the first planet of the apes remake is 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 attached uh another showrunner i can't think of his name right now he's done other shows that have to deal with duality and things like that so that will be that will be good Hopefully it won't just be mostly humans, and we'll get a two-sided story. We'll get a view from the Covenant side. We'll get a view from humanity's side. And will we get space battles? Will we go back to Reach? What about Harvest, the first conflict? You know? Will Cortana or Dr. Halsey be involved in some capacity? And my only concern there is, if Dr. Halsey's not involved, if Cortana is... Will we have Jennifer Hale back to voice her? If Master Chief is there, will we have Steve Downs doing the voice? You know, you can't have Master Chief without that gruff voice that we're so we're so familiar with. And that's my my concern here. Excuse me, I said Jennifer Hale for Cortana, I meant Jen Taylor. But anyway, will they be able to pull this off in a way that also shows the grandeur and epic reality that the Halo universe spans. Will they have space battles? Will there be scorpion tanks? Will there be ghosts flying around? Will there be a needler? You know, these these are concerns that we have as fans. I'm sure they're looking to make it to not be an expensive show, because it will be on Showtime, so it's not exactly access for everyone but those networks tend to have bigger budgets on their shows it's only 10 episodes for at least one season St- Steven Spielberg is still producing with Amblin Entertainment and it will be interesting will they go full on big budget to try and compete with HBO shows you know that that's that's something Showtime has to think about can they go go like hard in the paint to use a phrase to really convey Just the grand scale of Halo. Now, I know what you're all thinking. No, there probably won't be a Halo ring in the show. Because the first Halo that humanity found wasn't until combat evolved. And we're not seeing things that have already been in the games. Maybe we'll get stuff that was in the books. Will we see high charity? That's another concern when it comes to things. You know, there's a lot going on in a Halo show that if it's if it is live action or maybe some mix you know it's it's they got to make sure that they budget things correctly so they can show off the the uh, scale of things in a halo show that do it justice that that really captures the same essence the games did especially especially when players first play the first halo when they on the second level when they first land on the ring or when the the ring first shows up when the the Pillar of Autumn comes out of slip space. It'll, it will be very, very, very interesting to see how this show is handled. And with Spielberg producing, I'm not concerned. I, 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 I have a tad bit of concern, but not, not very many. So we'll see how this goes. We have like a year at least before it premieres. If anything, it's probably going to be a fall 19 show or spring or winter, winter spring 20. Meaning January, February, things like that. Um, so we'll we'll see. We'll see. In other premium channel news, we've had more casting news come out of HBO's Watchmen adaptation-slash-sequel from Damon Lindelof. And some great casting, actually. Three people that I care about a lot, or well, actors I really like, have been cast. Jeremy Irons. So I wonder if he's playing a villain or a good guy. That's awesome. Also, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. I, I think that's that's how his, you say his name. I'm not entirely sure. But here's a thing. Jeremy Irons and Yahya have both, are both in the DCEU, the movies. Jeremy Irons plays Alfred for Batman. And Yahya is playing uh, Black Manta in the Aquaman movie. So... Granted, this Watchmen is taking sep- place in a separate universe, so that's they're they're, they're staying in the family, so that's good. Uh, this also gets me more excited for this Watchmen show. At least it's a sequel, and it's not really a, a, another adaptation of the graphic novel, because, in my opinion, the Zack Snyder movie is almost panel for panel, like a perfect, co- compared to the, the graphic novel. And then, uh, also, Tom Meissen who you probably don't recognize that name, but if you ever watched the Sleepy Hollow show that was on Fox, the first two seasons were great. I kind of fell off after that because it went down... That show went to shit. But Tom Mison played Ichabod Crane, uh, and, oh man, he just played a wonderful British man waking up in the 21st century, uh, having been put to rest back in the 1700s during the, the Revolution, and just experiencing the future as a man from the past and he just he did it wonderfully oh man that 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 was just so great I, I there's one moment that always sticks out in my mind with him is when he has a donut hole for the first time and he's like but where is the rest of the the pastry and and just like the whole thing around donut holes was just great but anyway he's been cast in the watchmen show which uh seems like the pilot's done. And I they keep casting, I'm guessing that's for later episodes. So we'll see. This is this is probably gonna be a show that's on HBO in the near future. We won't have to wait long for this show. So I'm excited. You all should be too. And Damon Lindelof knows knows how to make like a mystery type show. I mean, look at the leftovers. Super underrated show. And Handy worked on Lost, so we know he's capable of, of handling things. Of this magnitude. Of this nature. How to keep people on their toes. So we'll see. HBO keeps chugging along with making. Keeping great content around. And great creators. In their stable. Anyway. That's kind of it for TV. We kind of went from. From basic. Cable. The free local channels. Streaming. Up to your premium networks. And uh, let's kind of talk about movies for a little bit here to the most unfortunate news ever which upsets me very much indiana jones 5 has been delayed till at least 2020 and there's one upside and that's with a delay it means we can maybe have a better movie just so we don't rush into production Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg are still attached, are still set. That is a go. The only problem is, by the time this movie comes out, Harrison Ford may well be 80 years old. And he can't do what he used to. We we saw in The Force Awakens that he can still get by doing some things. Granted, that was three years ago, made four years ago, so he was still in his early 70s, by the time this movie comes out, he'll be, that they start filming, he'll be in his late 70s, so there's only so much, my hope is that they don't, they don't kill Indy, you can end that franchise with him as an old man retiring, okay, we don't need to have Shia LaBeouf continuing on, I I know they're probably not bringing him back I hope they don't reboot it. I don't I hope they don't do like some weird thing with a new actor. I I really just if there's one franchise I just ask that they don't touch forever, it's Indiana Jones. It's one thing I don't want them to reboot. I don't want them to do a new young indie like they did with Solo. I don't want them to do anything with this. And I I hope granted, Indiana Jones, yes, is popular, is nowhere near the same level as Star Wars or Marvel or other characters. I, It's just, it's Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones, just like Harrison Ford is Han Solo, okay? It's just, all I'm asking is if one day we get a reboot of Indiana Jones, I just hope it's so far in the future that I'm an old geezer or I'm dead, and it's just like forever from now. That It's just one franchise I don't want them to start over. Just please. Please to God. there's Just don't do it. Okay? End it with Indy 5, keep it at 5 movies, boom, done, over. Please. I pray to God I don't believe in. I pray to every God every other person believes in. I pray to the universe and karma and whatever. Just don't remake Indiana Jones. That's all I am asking of the universe right now. Just don't remake Indy. Whatever. Uh, We had a, a poster come out for the movie Glass, which is a sequel to Split, which was a sequel to Unbreakable. And... Somehow, M. Night Shyamalan has gotten by making really good movies and really shitty movies. And luckily, he still gets work and people trust him. Because Unbreakable is a great superhero movie, by the way, with Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson. Split was an amazing movie that you don't know is part of that until the very end. Spoiler alert, movie's almost two years old, deal with it. It has no bearing on the story, so it doesn't matter. But, because Split did so well after his many failures, we're getting a third one, focused on Samuel L. Jackson's character, Mr. Glass. It's being called Glass. And I'm stoked on this. Because I recently watched Unbreakable, and it blew my fucking mind how great it was. Split was awesome in terms of dealing with and uh, James McAvoy, by the way, was great playing multiple characters. A, a person with, I guess it's schizophrenia or multi, multiple personality disorder. But any anyway, regardless, those movies were awesome. And I'm excited for Glass. And Samuel Jackson was stoked to come back. And what's cool about the poster is it uses all three characters on it. And it uses the three different colors that represent them on it. Um, So we'll see... That comes out soon, I think next year. I, I'm, I'm very excited for this movie because of how well Split came out. I, I trust M. Night Shyamalan again. This is a movie that's, part of his, that's in his wheelhouse that he can be good at directing. Because we know of The Village. We know of The Happening. We know of The Last Airbender, okay? Maybe he should stick to stuff that he's had success with. And that's what we're getting with Glass. We also had news that Jim Carrey will be playing Dr. Robotnik in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And I don't know what to make of this. I'm glad they're going back to the Robotnik and not that weird Eggman name thing, because that was always weird to me. Of course, Sega's trying to bank on the whole nostalgia thing of Sonic and it coming back and being successful again especially with the Mario movie coming out but uh, how do you make a sonic movie it's just him collecting gold rings fighting robots and jumping on dr robotnik's creations i i don't i don't i don't know how this will be a movie obviously you can't do the ring thing Unless they find some contrived way to work it in. I think James Mardston is in it as well. In the movie. But. Is. It's obviously. It's a. I think they said live action with CGI. So like Scooby-Doo. Things like that. Obviously Sonic's going to be CGI. But how will they have Jim Carrey as Robotnik? Are they going to put that weird fat suit on him. Where he's just like a giant ball with really long legs. Is Robotnik going to be. CGI as well, with Carrie doing the voice. I I don't know, I don't care for, I don't care for this movie. I guess like a Mario movie has, has a lot of potential. I I don't know about a Sonic movie. I don't. It's not the same. It's not the same, and Mario has to make up for the, the disaster that was the Super Mario Brothers movie from the 90s, so Sonic doesn't. This could put a bad taste in everyone's mouths. When it comes to that. But I, I don't know. I need to see a, a, a rendering. Or a, like some things that come out of this movie. Before it comes out. I know it doesn't have a release date. But I I need to see more from this movie. Before I really decide if I want to. Give my money to a studio for it. You know what I mean? Everyone has trepidations about different things. And Sonic. The Sonic movie is mine right now. On to real news. Uh, the European Union just passed some r- laws regarding copyright and uh, media rights and things like this. And it could lead to a ban on memes. Like, this is some fucked up shit. Like, when it comes to intellectual property and in protecting what people own, I'm, I'm, I understand that. But when it comes to the idea of a meme, which is obviously major internet culture... But it's, it's more satire than anything. that That's supposed to be protected. Well, at least in the US it's protected. But for the EU, to t- the EU's been doing some weird shit lately. When it comes to creating laws, when it comes to protecting consumers, privacy laws, and like intellectual property and copyright laws and shit. It's like they're almost taking a backwards step. This could be have major implications on the internet of the future. No memes? No memes! In Europe! And they create great memes. The US's memes are the best memes. Make memes great again. Okay? Whatever. That's just a little offshoot for internet culture for today's episode. Uh, On the other hand, there's rumors that Google is making a console. A streaming console. Try and compete with the big boys. Stay in your wheelhouse, Google. Apple was trying that too, and look. It never came out. Oh wait, they... Gave a controller that works with Apple TV. Does anyone fucking use it? Probably not. Oh yeah, there's a controller for Amazon TV. Does anyone use it? No. The wii failed. Steam machines. Kinda dying on the vine there. Not doing a whole lot. The Steam controller. Bye-bye. Like, nuh-uh, Google. Yeah, I know you have the money. Yeah, you can buy up studios, shit like that. But go, go the Amazon route and just buy studios and put games out on the other consoles and PC okay? Streaming is not yet the future. I I know Eves from Ubisoft thinks so, but no. It's it's still a ways off, because people are getting reamed on internet bills lately, especially now that we don't have a free and open internet and net neutrality's gone. And if people want to stream games, especially if you want to put out quality games that will be 60 FPS or 4K and shit, people don't have the internet for that yet. They can't afford that. Streaming is not the, the future yet, and if Google does this, it probably is for the future, but still, uh uh-uh. uh. Leave the video game business to the three big boys. They can handle it, they've been doing it themselves, okay? Leave it to Xbox, PlayStation, and and Nintendo. Alright, they they know what they're doing. Don't worry, we don't we don't need a fourth one. Because then you're just splitting the consumers. You're splitting the player base. Just just be smart about this, Google. You you know how to do things. Don't take over the world. Don't 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 be that company. Don't be that company. You're turning more and more into hoolie from Silicon Valley every day and it's becoming laughable. Uh, but anyway, uh, there was rumors that and somewhat confirmation that we might be getting mod support on Xbox for every all games that would be willing to support it. That's kind of cool. More and more the Xbox is turning into uh, a PC alternative. It's more affordable when it comes to 4K with the Xbox One X. It already has mod support in some form on, on Fallout 4, more than the, the PlayStation does. I think Skyrim as well. But this is an interesting take. I'm sure people would love to have the ability to play with mods on different games on Xbox. Minecraft, it would well open, open up a wealth of creativity and wealth of opportunities. Other games would like it. Look at GTA Online. There's a ton of mods online for that. So it'll be interesting if they're able to bring mods to a console, like, full-on, full-fledged like this. Uh, I know there was job listings and things like that, so that'll be interesting. We'll keep keep an eye out for that. Uh, And then, also, Windows Central's been reporting on this for quite a while. Uh, They were expecting it to be at E3, but there's supposed to be a new version of the Xbox One Elite controller coming. A version 2.0, I guess you could say. This is, the original Elite controller is probably the best $150 I've ever spent. And I would recommend that you buy one too if you play a lot on PC, if you play a lot of shooters, or if you play console. The Xbox One Elite controller is a somewhat modifiable controller. It's got the paddles on the back. You can adjust the trigger settings. Uh, it's got different different uh, joysticks you can swap out. And it's, it's very much like a scuff controller. Which are usually double the price. But you're getting it for 150 Made by Microsoft. With their quality. And now we're, we might get another one. With more options. And more th- uh, added ability. To change. adjust the triggers even more. Maybe tension control on the joysticks. This is amazing. And hopefully. Hopefully it will be $150 again. If it's a little more. It's probably going to be worth it anyway. But no. Microsoft made this as just like a. A one-off thing, probably didn't plan to make go into full production with it, but this shit flew off the shelves as soon as it was released. People were eating it up, man, and they kept making it because it's a comparable to two three hundred dollar controllers that you can get for a hundred and fifty and it does the same stuff like that was amazing that they came out with that. I mean, I know Sony just launched their scuff version that's official essentially, but made by a third party. same idea. But no, people want these controllers, especially competitive gamers. These controllers are a great addition because now people can get those. They're a little more affordable than going out and paying a shit ton, shipping as well. Now you can just go to your local store and pick one up. That was a great controller, especially for racing games and shooters. My KD went through the roof when I got that because I could do the hairpin trigger so I could get burst shots. And pistol shots off faster. It's not cheating. Go fuck yourselves. It's not cheating. Other competitors use scuff controllers, and you're getting those shots off way before you even realize it. Okay? No, I'm I'm stoked, and I'm sure we'll probably get an announcement at Gamescom next month, which is Europe's biggest gaming convention, which is uh their analog to E3. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But but I'm excited, and uh, you know, I've been playing more Jurassic World. I guess I'll give my final review here. Give definitely an 8 out of 10. Because yeah, there there isn't a steep learning curve, but there's definitely a learning curve. And it takes time and patience to make the game work. Just uh, yesterday, I, I had been avoiding an island because I was kind of not making any money. I couldn't afford new dinosaurs. So I decided to go back. And when you demolish certain buildings, you get money back, actually. It puts money in your coffers. And... I deleted some things, and I got some more money, I put some more stuff on the map, I got more people coming in, equals more money, more dinosaurs. And now, I'm almost as successful on this island as I was on my first island. I unlocked Isla Nublar, haven't unlocked all the islands yet, but I, I don't I don't need to, to, to definitely give this game an 8. Because it's challenging, it's fun, and you get to fuck around with dinosaurs and put them in the same cage and watch them, watch them fight each other. That that alone, <laughs> that, that that alone is real fun, and you get to drive the truck, the jeeps around as the rangers induce different shit. So I, even though I'm not done, I'm I'm definitely giving this an eight out of ten. There's there's nothing else that would could sway me, because I I've played the game probably for ten hours now, and I've gotten a good idea of what's going on. I know the other islands are going to be harder with different things, but no, it's a fun game. It takes patience. There's a bit of a learning curve, but like I said, it it is fun. There. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do in these games. And once you unlock Isla Nublar, uh, anything you've gotten access to on the other islands, you have full access to there. And it's full sandbox with no budget, so you can just do whatever the fuck you want, essentially. So that's fun. But hey, 8 out of 10, alright? Jurassic World Evolution. PC, Xbox, PlayStation. Go play it. Go play it. But that's another rendition of... What we like to call Nick's nerd news A bit of Nick unfiltered Nerd unfiltered, excuse me Can't even talk about my own show correctly today But as always I'll leave you with a message Do whatever the fuck you want That makes you happy Alright people Ignore, ignore the haters Do your own damn thing Just go on living L-I-V-I-N Keep on living I'm Nick, I'm your host I rambled on about a lot of things today. I'm glad you listened. As always, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is nix.nerd.news. Twitter is nixnerdnews. Check me out on Facebook, nixnerdnews. Okay? I'm on Google Play. I'm on iTunes. Like, follow, subscribe, leave a comment. Give me some stars, baby. Give me some stars. I'm shilling myself here. I want you to keep listening. I want other people to keep listening. Let's share this, baby. So we we take this this show up up into the stratosphere. All right? But anyway, this show's going to air post-4th of July. So happy fucking 4th of July to all my American fans out there. Independence Day. Fuck yeah, right? Okay. Anyway, hey, it's July to everyone else. Have a good fucking week. I'll uh, I'll be talking to you next week. Bye, Bye now.